Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. My name is Jenna Krishnan. I'm your host, the founder of the Daily Lawyer. And um, today is yet another episode in our daily story series. And I'm truly so excited for this episode because I feel like I was manifesting this uh, and it's coming to fruition. So I'm so grateful for that. But before I uh, speak about our guest today, who's a very well-known social media personality, influencer, somebody I have uh, learned a lot from in the last two years of COVID when I kept listening to his talks and his uh, reels and then I also read his book. So, but before I do introduce our guest today, I want to take a minute to speak about the Daily Story series and why this is so important to me. Uh, And actually, it's been receiving a lot of love from all of you. So thank you so much for that. Please keep continuing to support the podcast. The Daily Story series is something I started as a way to make things to make the conversations around the law a lot more relatable to non-lawyers as well. What was happening, or rather, let me take a step back. Why I started The Daily Lawyer is to make legal information accessible, simple, practical, and relevant. Today, you everybody looks at the law as something which is complicated, something we have to go to when there's no other option. We do not, uh, there's this inherent negative psychological bias against lawyers. All of these stupid stereotypes that we are st- saddled with, lawyers are liars, you know, lawyers are leeches, they're only there to eat our money and so on. And uh, what is the consequence of that is that people really don't approach lawyers very easily. Uh, when when ideally you should, you know, we are all here to help. We we genuinely want to to serve uh, all almost all of us. We want to serve. We want to help, uh, and we want to protect you who will be who are or will be our clients. We genuinely want to protect you from uh, from from suffering any any losses in your business or in your life. And uh, that is why we need to be consulted at a more primary stage, and not after all the all the problems have taken place. Now, I can keep saying this till I'm blue in the face because I have seen it, okay? I have seen what happens when you don't have the correct legal information and then the kind of disastrous consequences it can have. But uh, to somebody who has not probably seen it or who is not a lawyer who still harbors that kind of bias unwittingly, I thought it will be easier to listen to this from a a neutral point of view, right? From a person who's neither a lawyer, just a business owner like you and me, who can come onto the podcast and speak about what is it that they face? Some losses, uh, some bad decisions that they made simply because they did not have the correct legal information or then they did not have somebody to guide them. And then what did they do? How did they sort of improve? So this really is the genesis of the Daily Story series. And this is what I hope to bring to all of you through these conversations, uh, which is why I really request you all to uh, listen to the conversations in full. They are amazing Um and the guests are amazing. They're really successful uh, business owners and and professionals and just successful in, in business and life. So I'm sure you'll take away something. If you like the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you can just give us a rating or five, like a five-star rating. I'll, I'll obviously ask for a five-star rating. So please give it to me uh, or leave us a review on Apple or Google or wherever it is that you get your podcast. It would really help us. It helps us grow uh, I am so passionate about bringing these conversations into the mainstream. So please support us with that. And now, without much ado, we'll go right into the conversation. Okay. Hi, Uncle. Welcome to the Daily Lawyer Podcast. Thank you so much, Jana. Thank you for having me. You actually don't need any introduction. But for those who are probably living under a rock, let me just quickly run through your uh, 
like you have this plethora of achievements and I've condensed it into one paragraph and I hope I've done justice to you. So Ankur Variko is an internet entrepreneur and he's based in India. He's also a best-selling author. He's a wildly successful content creator and a legitimate influencer. I say legitimate because I have been influenced by him and I'm not, I, I would consider myself not being easily influenced uh, from being a uh, on the path to being a physicist and pursuing a PhD in physics in the US to moving back to India and founding and building and scaling and selling multiple businesses, Ankur has seen it all. Today, through his social media channels, uh, Ankur aims at making awareness cool, which is why I think he's the perfect guest on the Daily Lawyer podcast, because we are all about raising people's awareness about the law so that they can make better decisions in business and life. So Ankur, Welcome, welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast and thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was a very kind, almost embarrassing introduction. So I hope I do justice to it. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Take your time. Okay, Ankur, I, I just alluded to the fact that you have built and scaled and bought and sold businesses. But if you can just... I mean, people know you, but if you can just in, in, in like two minutes, take people through what do you do? Where are you? What does the company do? Like everything about you. The uh, It's been a long journey, but in a nutshell, Jenna, I, I've been an entrepreneur since 2009 and I've had the, the joy, privilege, absolute honor of running multiple startups, working with really smart people. And I did that till 2019 in a, in a formal fashion where I was part of venture funded companies and I was doing basically what startup people do. And in 2019, I uh, stepped down as the CEO of my last startup, nearby.com, decided to figure what I wanted to do next. 2020 is when I turned 40, so it felt like a moment. And um, COVID happened and I uh, started creating content, which I had been for a really long while, but not with the intensity that I do today. And um, here I am. So today I split my time between content creation, which is what some of your audiences may encounter on social media. I'm running my next startup, which is in the education space. So it's online education for specifically college kids or young professionals. And then I spend a fair bit of time investing and mentoring first-time entrepreneurs. Wow, that was a very uh, succinct answer. So either you practiced it a lot or you're like a really super clear thinker, but uh, it was a really quick answer. I have to learn from that. Um, now you are not one business owner, but you own multiple businesses. So what would you say are your top three priority items when it comes to business? Um, number one would certainly be people. I am very, very passionate about building the right kind of teams and working with the right kind of people. So for me, I take my own sweet time to find these people. I have a very different, distinct process to identify who I want to work with and why. Uh, and it's very unlike what most people go through if they would go through a, a traditional recruitment process, even in a startup for that matter. So that's number one, and that's the predominant focus. Number two, I'm a student of routine. I'm a student of process. I'm a student of system. So I love building everything down to a process, a system, and a resource. And all of my energy after I pick the right people is then to just set the right expectations, design the right processes, give them the right systems and tools, and then just let them be. Uh, and the third one, which is always a focus, is to make sure that every 
roadblock that they might be facing, which doesn't allow them to become the best version of who they can be, is my responsibility to clear. Because I happen to be in a position where I can exercise the most influence and authority to get things done, perhaps at a faster pace. So I would just do anything and everything in my right to clear the bottlenecks of individuals that are working so that there is zero friction and, and frankly, no excuse for not doing what you could do or where you can be. And these remain uh, the top three and that that hasn't changed in the last decade as well. So I continue to do it because it's worked well for me. Yeah, I think I think it's the most, uh, you focused clearly on the most fundamental things that any business or any, not just business, even life, I think, you know, your, your uh, advice is also for life. But you also gave me a good segue into my next question, which is uh, you, you mentioned about systems and you mentioned about routines and you mentioned about uh, doing everything that you possibly can to make sure that your people who work for you, who work with you, whatever, they are able to work in a very uh, smooth manner, right? Now, um, you actually spoke to my heart when you said that, because, but I'm coming at it from a documentation angle, because I think I really believe that documentation is very important because it sets expectations. Uh, in your experience, what do you think about documentation? Because my experience with most people, whether they are in startups or they are in little more established businesses, is that they do not pay any attention to documentation. So what is it that you, what is your view on this? For me, documentation is actually a form of writing, Jenna, and I'm a big fan of writing because writing does three things. One is, of course, it brings a lot of clarity to your own thought and structure because when you're just thinking, it's just so easy to think, but it's also very wild to think because your thoughts are all over the place, they're not structured, and thus there is cohesion that may be missing. So when you start writing, you actually bring structure to that thought. So that's number one. Number two, if you've done a good job of writing, then it's also very easy to communicate with others because then you're not rambling, you're not going all over the place. And if you're not practice well, and if you're not well aware, uh, then that writing, which is a asynchronous task and you're doing it by yourself and then you share it with somebody else allows them to also consume it at their pace and figure what they want to take away from that. And I'm a big fan of asynchronous conversations. I I actually prefer not to have synchronous conversations as much as I can. Um, I don't like getting on calls. I don't like speaking to people in real time because then people just tend to talk random things just because they want to show that they're smart and intelligent and thoughtful about it when the truth is they're just thinking on the fly. So writing allows for that. And then third, which is clearly a part of my DNA is it ensures transfer and longevity. When you document things, it allows for it to travel and, and not become just a, a moment. So it becomes an artifact. And, and frankly, that's the way the entire civilization that we are part of has, has grown and come to this stage. Because what if somebody in the past said, you don't have to document this. This was a really nice conversation. Let's just let it be. We would be nowhere. We would be terrible learners. We'll have to start all over again. And whether true. it's books, whether it's scriptures, whether it's processes, tools, or even for that matter, faith or religion or practices, all of that has just been a form of documentation that's traveled across years. So I remain a big fan of that. And, and for these three reasons, at least I stress a lot upon documentation. Uh, I document a lot of my thoughts. I do not try and remember anything that is by design a core way of how I work. I do not on purpose try to remember anything. So everything is on my calendar. Everything is in a notebook. I'll always carry one. I'll always be a writing person. And 
everything has to be in some way a combination of technology and just plain traditional and the things that will yeah yeah then this remind me what i have to do and what i ought to know yeah and then when it comes to documentation let's say from a legal angle because like i was having a a client of mine they are a financial service a financial services company it's a small company but they grow quite fast during covid and it was all random everything was random you know like hiring is random firing is because you know you're just reacting and it was driving me nuts because i would send a draft and then somebody else would do. so uh, so i'm a big proponent of of having systems in any organization no matter how small you are from a solopreneur to what to however big you get now from that angle where where do you stand when it comes to documentation i i i again believe it's necessary because for the same reason either you have to communicate internally or you have to communicate externally and if you document then you're just making that communication simpler for example if you are just maintaining your books really well when i say books i mean your accounting books really well yeah. and you have a record of what's your revenue what's your expense why did it go into that category when did it happen who was accountable for that mm-hmm. then you don't have to be worried about anything oh yeah. the tax guys will come this guy yeah. will come and the same way if you have created your legal structure in your company in the right manner you've gone through the compliances you are registered on your taxes you have everything that you ought to you're raising invoices in the right systems you're making sure that your gst is filed in you're making sure that your tds is deposited you're making sure that your advance tax is deposited you're making sure that all of your uh, articles of association memorandum of articles all of these are in place you have them handy you know where to go and why not it just makes for very very efficient working and i am uh, i i don't think it is a fear of the legal system that drives people away i just feel that they are inherently either lazy or disorganized mm-hmm. that they do not think that this is how it should be done because to me at least and i'm not being dismissive of others to me this is stable stakes it's just common sense yeah why would you not do everything as per the law like why would you risk yeah. anything because the downside is massive it's infinite you could be wiped out or caught yourself into some stupid legal battle and the upside of doing it is quantifiable and it's at best what a few here and there decimal points or percentage points yeah my god i wish i am going to take this i'm going to quote you on it if you don't mind and i'm going to like plaster it all over my uh, feed because this is truly what we are trying to tell everybody they we had uh, somebody come in whose company was written off the books because for four years um they had not paid tax and the proprietor had no idea that they had that his whoever accounts person and and imagine everything that you work for is written off overnight and they are weeping and they're doing all of that and you're thinking oh my god like why would you do this you know so anyway now that you spoke about the downside and all of that have you ever faced in the last decade uh, oh, decade and a half close to a decade and a half of you being an entrepreneur have you faced any issues or losses in your business or life because you probably did not know uh you know you did not have the right legal advice so you did not have the right guidance which with a little bit of advice with little bit of due diligence you may not have had you may not have done that um not not quite 
uh, I think by, by the same order of what I mentioned, Jenna, I'm, I'm very particular about these things. So I, I, I very rarely have found myself on the other side of the law. Uh, but I have been, of course, as part of running startups, been in, in legal issues, which uh, I, I wish weren't there. So we, we found ourselves in, uh, in excise tax issues. We found ourselves, uh, we incidentally had to fight for the legal custody of the name Groupon uh, because somebody in India had registered that domain name groupon.co.in when oh, Groupon yeah. entered India. Yeah. And uh, we had to go through that entire legal hassle. And we were very clear that we are not going to settle and we're not going to pay this person. We'll want to win the legal right way. So I remember showing up uh, in, in uh, settlement discussions, negotiations, and of course, then the final hearing, which went in our favor, but that went on for a year and a half. We currently in, uh, in conversation with the income tax department, because when uh, Paytm bought into nearby in 2017, uh, the income tax uh, believes that uh, it wasn't done in the right manner and we owe uh, income tax to the government uh, while we maintain that that wasn't the case. Uh, it was actually a capital loss and not a capital gain. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, nothing that we have consciously done to, uh, to short circuit anything or to have a short cut in our life. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've been part of <laughs> yeah. But these these seem more like accidental, you know. It happens because you're running a business. It doesn't seem like something that yeah, you missed. Yeah. Uh, one of my pet peeves, I think I spoke told you this before we started recording, is that uh, people come to us at the at the end, right? After all the mess is over, they're like, "Oh, please come." Uh, this happened and that happened. Uh, and I do I do believe that it's important to, to get legal representation right from the beginning before when you start your business. But of course, a lot, lot of people do not share my opinion. And I want to know where you stand. Do you think that uh, for a startup, it's important to have a legal team or or rather what what stage of a startup, you know, or do you think it is important? Why not? Why only startup? Anything in business or yeah. and life? Why only startup? Yeah, I uh, I think there are there, there are levels to it. One, I I genuinely believe that the law is designed in such a manner that civilians may not be the best individuals to take charge of it. And uh, it's not because lawyers want to earn their money or anything like that, but there is a certain mindset that a lawyer brings in that is a unique combination of risk and reward that not everybody has, but they are trained in that it's almost like a software yeah. engineer not everybody can be a software engineer because they're trained in databases and logic which somebody may struggle to so you can't be like oh everybody can become a software engineer no the same way that everybody can't become a lawyer so i would argue that or did i use the word argue i would argue that yeah, this the, is osmosis yeah i would i would argue that in the beginning you don't need to have a internal legal team at least i wouldn't I would have an external lawyer on a retainer, which basically just ensures that all the basic compliances, the checks, the balances are in order. And should there be an event that you perhaps did not anticipate or just came along, you could engage that same lawyer for a bigger scope or perhaps go to an expert because the reality also is that not all lawyers are the same. There are law there are lawyers who are specialized in very specific law areas. So you would have a very different lawyer for tax, very different lawyer for maybe 
compliance is very different lawyer for foreign direct investment or overseas direct investment, very different lawyer for something else. And uh, you would need their help and expertise. So at that point of time, go in and use them. And if the, my, my ballpark is that if you're in the nature or if you're, sorry, if your business nature is such that you're signing a contract almost every day, then maybe have a legal team inside. I, um, like nearby was a great example. We were signing contracts every hour because we were onboarding merchants yeah. Yeah. and we were telling them, hey, you're going to come on board. Here are the things that we will ensure. We actually owe you money for everything that we sell, which is your money. So here is how the money will flow. Here is what we are liable for. Here's what you're liable for. Here's what we're not liable for. Here's what you're not liable for. So it's a fairly comprehensive legal contract that we're getting in. And every single hour we were doing that. And while a lot of them were standardized, but there was a fair bit of customization that had to happen almost on a daily basis. And that can't happen with some sales guy just writing it down on a piece of paper and saying, ha, ho gaya, ho gaya. it has to be vetted and gone through. And that's where we build that internal law team. Yeah, okay. This was like a really, really good answer. I can see that your years of experience and all of this is coming through. I'm so grateful to you for giving this answer because again, I'm going to shamelessly use this uh, this snippet for everyone because it's like, it's something that I want to say, but if you say it, it probably have more effect. You know, that's... Um, what has been your biggest challenge in getting legal help? I personally, the biggest challenge has been to find the right lawyer. And when I say the right lawyer, it doesn't mean it's from true. an expertise. Yeah. Um, having a good lawyer is a very important selection because at the end of it, this lawyer is going to represent you. And that doesn't mean your case. It often means you. And that is not a trivial selection to make because very few people end up representing you they'll be doing their job right so if you hire a let's say an accountant they will be taking care of accounts that has nothing to do with you that's the company accounts and that. you hire a software engineer that girl or boy will be coding nothing to do with you you hire a marketing person taking care of marketing you hire a lawyer and it's possible that if you are a director a founder or someone who is a key management professional, you will be represented by that individual. And so, that becomes a whole new ball game because now they have to know you in and out. How would you respond? How would you react? What kind of words would you use? So on. And uh, whether for a personal reason or for a, a company reason, my biggest struggle has been finding uh, those lawyers because you're essentially finding someone with the right wavelength. Uh, yeah. irrespective of whether they know their, their law or not. Yeah, I truly understand what you say because even we don't, like just like it's difficult for the client to find us, we also have to find the right client, I suppose, you know, it has, it's a very sort of symbiotic relationship. And just like you said, yes, we represent you because it is not only you. If there's a loss in your business, it affects your family. It affects your, it affects everything. If there's a problem in your family, if there's, your uh, somebody, your sister, your uh, mother-in-law, they're having any kind of domestic issues. It affects you and your work. So, you know, we are involved in business and life. Um, 
That's so true. I'm so happy that you said that. Okay, I think this is my last question for this segment. And that is, what would you think are the biggest pain points that you have suffered or probably not just you, maybe you can, uh, because you mentor a lot of uh, businesses as well. So uh, what are some of the biggest pain points that you see people suffer from a legal or a compliance point of view? And what is the kind of service or what is the kind of product or something that you can see? That, because honestly, we are all on a mission to make our system better, our legal system better, because we can all agree that there, it can use improvements. Um, so what is it that you would, as a consumer, okay, let's call you a consumer. What What is it that you would feel, I, w- I wish this was there, so I'll get more clarity. I... Um... Hmm. I think the the biggest pain point, which is not really a pain point, but more of a mindset thing is uh, going back to what I said initially, Jenna, people are just scared of venturing out into the law world. Um, they believe it's not for them and they believe that it's something that if can be avoided, should be avoided to the maximum. Uh, while the approach that I would argue works is become a friend of law and if you oh become a friend God. of law then uh, no you you really don't have to worry about anything and and the question that i often ask is laws have been designed to keep the society in check to basically weed out bad actors and the only question you're asking is am i doing anything that makes me a bad actor that's it that's just as simple as that whether it is about wearing a helmet while you're driving a bike or wearing your seatbelt when you're driving a car or not jumping the red light to filing your returns on time, actually going through your taxes in order, not trying to produce fake bills, just doing things which you know you have to at some point hide. And if you do that, you'll be surprised at how easy it will be to live while being compliant. Um, Compliance will not even be something that you have to actively think about. It will just come by order, by yeah, design. Yeah. And, and that is when you will realize that law is not a scary thing. Uh, and, I, and I wish, I create a lot of content on personal finance and I can see so many similarities there where people are scared of investing, they're scared of how to use their money while the principles are just fundamental, you have to make your money grow at a rate that is higher than inflation, which is eating into your money. That's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. But if you think about, oh my God, I have to become rich overnight. I have to become a millionaire by I'm 25 or 30. I have to retire by the time I'm 31 and so on. You will make mistakes because you will go through things that you ought not to. And, and that'll be game over. Same way for, for the law as well. So I think that, that's the only thing. I, and I wish that there are people, channels, sources that demystify what the law of the land is and, and break it down to such an extent that it's not to be scared of. Oh my God. Thank you for giving me a plug to insert the Daily Lawyer because that's the entire idea of what we're trying to do. It is to change the mindset about the law we are not we are not sharks we are here to help we are, most of us are here to serve and to make people uh, like you said more compliant but you know it's not just uh, 
being compliant it is also the law gives you a lot of concessions as well like as a business owner you may know like for example there's so many schemes startup india udyam msme so many of those and they give you concessions so you save money and you're able to take advantage of a lot of things which you prop like you get tax breaks you get so it's only if you go to somebody who can tell you listen yeah you can do this i'm not just protecting you but i'm also helping you grow uh in in a way that you probably have not thought of so it's always better to go to somebody like any of us who are here to help you because we are not pocketing that money right we are just taking our fees you guys do whatever you want uh but come to us because we are here to serve so yes thank you for that plug now i'm done with this segment which is all the law 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 segment and the second half is what i do for myself because i love it and it's called 54321 so i ask you five of something four of something three of something like that okay okay all right so um five i, I mean i am i'm waiting for this answer from you which is five productivity tips that you would recommend oh um number one write everything down because that helps you remember and forget at the same time number two use a calendar a calendar is a great way for you to know what needs to be done and when and why number three mute all your notifications on your phone all of them all of them number 4 read your emails in batches and not as and when they come because it can be a time suck and the next thing you know you're in it and number 5 is get a good night's sleep i don't think there's anything better for your productivity i'm feeling very productive right now i feel like i do all five yeah <laughs> feel amazing Okay, no, I don't. Cause I don't know whether I'm productive, but I do all five. So I'm proud of myself. Okay, four books that you'd recommend. This is like I don't know how you're gonna do it because every time I see thirty-one books, then fifteen books, then ten, then five, then I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you've ever given four in your carousels. No, I I haven't. But if I had to, I'd certainly say uh, Atomic Habits because that's a great book. I would definitely say Psychology of Money because that's a great book about money. I would certainly say. rework one of my favorite books and i would finally say a slightly hard book may not be applicable for everyone at that age is uh, courage to be disliked yeah all four yes i bought courage to be disliked because i saw it on one of your carousels uh, which which asked us you said the top 10 books that have influenced you or whatever so yeah incidentally because we're talking about books i want to tell you that uh, i bought your book at the airport when i was struggling with whether i should start edl or not start edl or not and uh, i saw your book at the airport so i bought it and then you i just opened it and then it one of whatever i opened was like you know you said something about following dreams and things like that like it was like a whole like two pages okay you written about your story and things like that and i was thinking oh my god this is like really speaking to me and then i read the forward where you said it's you know it's like you play book cricket with it and i don't know whether you've ever read the book illusions by richard bach it's one of my favorite books and uh -huh. have you read illusions no i haven't i haven't uh, then then the, i mean i was going to give you a reference but if you haven't then maybe i should give you a reference after you've read it so illusions essentially there is a handbook of our messiahs which opens it comes up with a quote and then it tells you you know it's like very apt for that situation so uh when i read that book it, it was like as if it was like a sign you know okay go ahead just do it so i owe you that i owe you for that lovely thank you thank you so much that means a lot thank you three okay three um because you of course you work with all of the young graduates and all of that so three tips that you would give young graduates or like uh, young professionals let's say. number one uh, 
don't go after impact in the first one year. Go after learning. Number two, uh, ask a lot more questions than be eager to give out a lot more answers. And number three, if you can choose, then always choose your manager because that person is going to define almost everything about you. Okay, I want to just uh, unpack that a little bit. When you say if you can choose between what, like choose your manager over what? Over your company, over your role, over your salary, over frankly anything. Ah, uh, yeah. Choose your mentor. Is mentor oh manager or mentor? Ha manager manager may not is be more mentor. Apt. Yeah, that's yeah. True. manager is more because manager has a far direct influence over yeah. who you become as a professional, while true. a mentor may just indirectly influence it. Yeah. And when you said uh, don't go after impact in the first year, uh, do people really go after impact because the first year or only thinking money, money or like, you know. Okay, oh, no. Every, every young kid that I speak to nowadays is like, I'm not making any impact. And like, how, how long has it been? Like six months. Like, who told you that you're supposed to? But they're just, they're in a hurry and, and no fault of theirs because they're, they're used to getting everything yeah. that they want at the speed True. of thought. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm feeling Jurassic. I don't think I am, but I'm feeling Jurassic. But okay. Um, to, uh, I don't know whether law students, I've never had law students coming and telling me I want impact. I have law students telling me it's too much to read. Make two minute video, na? two minute video you make. I said, Baba, imagine if this is the state, two minute video for an entire statute. Uh, okay. Two life lessons that you've learned so far. Uh, number one, if I can't Trust you, it doesn't matter how smart you are. And number two, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Wow. I love the second one, but I'm a bit confused about the first one because how does that become a life lesson that you, you've learned? Like you, you first trust and then don't go after how intelligent they are. Is that what you're saying? No, I would say that if you can't build trust in the person opposite to you, then uh, frankly, everything else is immaterial because uh, they're going to always second guess what oh. you're up to and why. So it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing and why you're doing because the other person doesn't even trust you. So mm. the focus of every interaction or every relationship is not to impress them, is to get them to trust you. Wow. I'll remember that. On that, on that note, the best piece of advice that you've ever received? It was from my first manager who said that if I can't trust you, it doesn't matter how smart you are. Oh, um, is it? That, that fundamentally changed everything. It was, it was in 2006 and, and I still thank them to, to this day where I, like, I, I became such a student of trust that almost everything that I do in life right now starts with trust and it's worked immaculately for me. Okay, wow. I'm going to remember that because I, when you say it, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to think about a lot of things um, and maybe also second guess a few decisions that I've recently made on this. So, but on that note, Ankur, thank you so much. Is there anything you want <sighs> to say? Bless you. Sorry. Is there anything that you want to say? Any like last signing off notes to everybody? You've given fantastic answers, but if there's anything you want to say, uh, it's all yours. No, all good. I, I love the questions. Uh, it was a very different angle. So thank you for asking and thank you for engaging. Thank you, Uncle. It means a lot to me that you came on the podcast. All right.
Sí, thank you. Bye.